this episode of CRC Soundbites, we're joined by Katie Thompson. Katie's job is to implement the bipartisan infrastructure law on behalf of the U.S. Department of Transportation. Thompson rejoined the U.S. DOT in early 2022 after earlier stints as DOT General Counsel and FAA Chief Counsel. In the intervening years, she was Amazon Vice President and Associate General Counsel, Worldwide Transportation and Sustainability. Bipartisan infrastructure law is a a once-in-a-generation investment in our nation's infrastructure and competitiveness, according to the White House. It will rebuild America's roads, bridges, and rails. And when signed, it was also seen to be a tool to help ease inflationary pressures and strengthen the nation's supply chains. And that is the topic of this edition of CRC Soundbites. When President Biden signed the bill into law, few are anticipating the rate of inflation that commuter railroads have been reporting. In this tumultuous economic environment, CRC members are reporting cost escalations of anywhere from 8 to 30 percent. The Commuter Rail Coalition is made up of both the agencies that will execute projects using the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act funding and the contractors, car builders, and others who will enter into contracts with these agencies. And we all feel how inflation is undermining the scale of the administration's investment with the historic funding levels of the bipartisan infrastructure law. This first question, posed by Chairman Dewinsky, inquires about the DOT's efforts to combat the impacts of inflation. Now let's hear from Katie, whose job it is to implement the bipartisan infrastructure law. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. And I wanted to just call out a couple of my colleagues who are on the phone as well. Jamie Rennert from FRA and Florence Chen, who is my associate director. Well, first, let me say that cost escalation is not new. And, and the Department of Transportation, working with our stakeholders, has been sort of tracking the contributing causes to escalating costs over time. But what is different is the extent to which costs are increasing. So it's particularly acute problem now. We're seeing it with respect to the cost of materials. We're seeing workforce shortages, particularly you know certain skill sets for rail and, and other transportation modes. Hard to find people, hard to get them, you know, to pay them levels that they're willing to work for. And there's a fair amount of attrition. Also seeing more lack of competition among contractors. So if you were on the Eno call last week, what we're hearing from our stakeholders and seeing through the information that we're getting directly on our own is fewer contractors bidding for projects. And that means less competition and often upwards pressure on prices. And obviously, the ongoing supply chain shortages contribute to escalating costs of materials. So I think we have a pretty good handle on the contributing causes to the problem. What we're trying to do is work with our stakeholders to figure out what the Department of Transportation can do directly or indirectly through our partnerships to kind of control those costs and drive costs down. A couple of them you know, improved like best practices in procurement. Some states are really good and sophisticated in how they approach procurement or are able to do it faster and in larger volumes. And we want to make sure that we're working with our stakeholders and groups like yours to share those best practices and embed those into state programs and other programs for transportation agencies. We're also trying to move faster at DOT. And that means from, you know, getting for our discretionary programs, announcing our notices of funding, trying to simplify the application process. In some cases, you'll see we combine NOFO, which we 
released earlier this year was a common application for three different programs. And even though those programs have discrete purposes, they have some common characteristics that allowed us to combine that so that project sponsors could apply for all three or one or two through that common application. Then accelerating our review of the applications and announcing our selection decisions. We obviously want to be very thorough and thoughtful in the analyses that we do to make sure we're making sound decisions and providing good guidance to the secretary as he makes his discretionary award decisions. And then on the back end, trying to move faster to get between the time we announce the grants and the time that we sign grant awards. And part of that is additional focused on expedited project delivery and you know smarter, better coordinated permitting, both within DOT and with the project sponsor, but across federal government. So we do have a lot of balls in the air. I would say we're also getting better at tracking. So there's more accountability. So we're trying to get a better sense of how long it takes us to do various parts of a project from the time it comes in at the front end till the time construction begins on the back end and use that information then to inform, you know, where we've got kinks in the process or, you know, bottlenecks that we need to kind of smooth out and look for opportunities to move faster. So that's a high level response. And I'd love to hear from you and the folks on the call where you think we should be directing our time and attention to have even more impact because hopefully this inflationary environment won't last much longer. But as I said, this is particularly acute time, but this is generally a trend that we're seeing across years. And so we just need to get much smarter and better about doing everything within our control to control those costs. I appreciate that answer. I, I can personally speak here in Chicago. We've seen a lot of those balls already taken in effect. We hit home runs. You're moving faster on the delivery, having the NOFOs bump together. This is all very helpful. And we're looking forward to the review process uh, speeding up. So it's all been very helpful. Existing contracts would be one of the one places that I think we, in a lot of cases, are really interested because, you know, as as material for the most part, now we're starting to see labor, like you pointed out, it's not our intent here to collapse contractors. Hi, that's John Cohen from Alstom. And Katie, thank you so much for your time and, and for addressing this issue head on. You've really identified the problem and the solution is not easy. But, you know, as Mr. Jawinski has said, this is a real problem from the delivery side of our industry. So really two ideas to, to consider. One is, I guess, longer term. But Katie, you touched on this issue of looking for best practices in procurement. How can we utilize the resources of the industry, particularly on the delivery side, more efficiently to deliver the opportunity in the IIJA? So progressive design build techniques is one approach. What that does is build a collaborative process up front, owners, consultants, suppliers, all working early to try and find the most efficient way to deliver a project. The other idea, and, and this could apply to both existing contracts and future contracts, are contract price adjustment formulas, which essentially keep a, a market price so that, you know, at the front end from the, you know, the bidding side, you don't have to build in a whatever 20% risk calculation up front. Rather, you know, you keep to whatever the prices are in real time. These have been used effectively, I think, in the industry. So those are two ideas, you know, progressive design build and CPA formulas. Yeah, And the way these things can work is you pick up an independent metric and then, you know, over some, you know, minimal inflation level, the price just escalates uh, according. And this is the important point. It goes both ways. So in a deflationary period, 
it would deflate down and inflation, it goes up. It's just pricing to the market is what it is. And what that gives the confidence in bidding that you don't need to build in a risk premium in, in the bid. And so from you know the customer side, it eliminates the concern about overpaying because you know the price is going to either inflate or deflate depending on what the market is. Thanks for joining us for part one of the Commuter Rail Coalition's conversation with DOT's Katie Thompson. There are more highlights to share, so watch for those in future sound bites. 